0: The election campaign is in full swing, even if it looks like most Canadians aren't engaged. Maybe not a surprise given the new Delta variant restrictions in BC, Manitoba, and Quebec this week. And I think it's a good bet that the tens of thousands of people in in BC impacted by wildfires or those firefighters who are taking those fires on are not taking time out to talk about the latest political pandering. But I guess that's not going to stop me today, because I was looking at a newly released poll by Meru, echoing the one in July by Nanos both finding that the top election issues for Canadians revolve around the economy, uh, taxation, deficit, jobs, climate change. As I say, very similar to the polls that were done before the 2019 election. Specifically, the Meru poll found that the cost of living and affordability is the number one concern, with 28% of the public citing it. Number two, at 23%, was preserving the economy, reducing greenhouse gases and climate change followed by 19% citing getting federal spending under control and deficits with them. And with jobs in the economy at 17%, they rounded out the top concern for voters. So here's my big insight. By the way, my tongue's firmly in my cheek, because this is pretty obvious, but it seems to be one that's very difficult for some people to grasp. And that is that every one of these issues comes back to economics and finance, and dare I say it, monetary policy. But it's more than that. They come back to government policy being the biggest factor impacting every one of these concerns. I'll give you an example. Cost of living and affordability. Well, pretty obvious given that taxation, other than government transfers and or on top of those transfers and regulation, costs the average family more than food, clothing and shelter combined. You know, people complain about gasoline prices, but many don't seem to appreciate that depending where you live, as much as a third of the cost at the pump is government taxation. You know, for all the talk about oil companies gouging or gasoline retailers or the refiner, nobody makes more money from the sale of a liter of gas than government. In Vancouver, motorists pay the highest gasoline taxes in North America. And keep in mind that high gas prices increase the cost of transportation of goods. So that means that increased cost gets passed on to consumer in the form of higher prices. And housing. Well, there's a lot of talk about affordability on the campaign trail this week by federal parties. But none of it about the amount that government adds to the cost of a new home, despite the fact that the C.D. Howe Institute uh, estimates that the cost of taxation and regulation by the three levels of government on new homes adds tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to the price. As much as $644,000 to the cost of a new single detached house in Vancouver, $264,000 in Victoria, $152,000 in Calgary. Well, that should be the election issue. I find it amazing how many people are concerned about reducing greenhouse gases and climate change, but they don't seem to make the connection with a strong economy. I mean, let's face it, action is facilitated by a strong economy, not a weak one. But more than that, we're told the key to making significant progress is through the transition to renewable energy and electric vehicles. And yes, There seems to be very little recognition, though, that the transition requires a huge increase in the production of resources like copper or nickel, aluminum, lithium, rare earth minerals. And as I said in a recent business comment, what's noteworthy is coming into this election is that not a single party has a practical, workable plan to either produce or obtain the raw materials necessary to expedite the transition to renewable energy and electric vehicles. I mean, if greenhouse gas emissions and climate change are your priority, you might want to notice that. You should also notice the role that China is going to play, including in Afghanistan, where it's already developing what will be the world's second largest copper mine. Plus, the Pentagon thinks that one Afghanistan region has the world's largest deposit of lithium, along with massive reserves of rare earth minerals. This is why the Chinese are interested in Afghanistan. It increases their domination of rare earths, which are essential to the transition to renewables. You know, we don't have a plan, but I'll tell you, China clearly does. The federal borrowing and spending, though, is clearly a financial issue. Actually, monetary policy, given that's the Bank of Canada creation of money in order to buy government bonds in order to pay for the spending, along with keeping interest rates at record lows, which, by the way, is the number one reason demand has pushed housing prices so high. And finally, people concerned about jobs in the economy, in a nutshell, that should be translate to a concern about our ability to attract capital investment. Right now, we're at a generational low in bringing capital into the country, because without people investing in the economy, of course, you're not going to get at jobs or economic growth. So when you look at all of the reasons expressed in consecutive polls, and I'm not going to be surprised that this doesn't change as we go through the rest of the election, you've got to remember, it comes back to economic and financial policy. That's what you should be keeping an eye on. And not surprisingly, it's what I'll be keeping an eye on today and every week until the election. So stay with us right here on Money Talks.